Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, and already we are having some technical difficulties with our Facebook Live feed. So we're going to start this live video again. Let's try it again. Come on, Facebook Live. You can do it. What's going on here? We're going to probably wind up backing out for a second and starting all over again. Let's, let's do this. Let's. Facebook Live here going. There we go. Now we got that situated. Now let's see if we can get this camera situated. And then we can be ready to go. Okay, let's try that. Okay. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. This is Pastor Winfred Burns, and you are now live with the Word on Wednesday. We bless God for each of you tonight, and we're going to just dive right in. We're a few minutes late coming on camera because um, just, you know, technical difficulties. We haven't had those in a while. But in any event, let's get started um, with a quick review. And before I even start the review, I want to remind you that we're on Blog Talk Radio as well as Facebook Live for those of you who are listening on Blog Talk Radio you can call me at 929-477-2304. Hey, Foster, how you doing? That's 929-477-2304. And then for our Facebook uh, folks on Facebook Live, uh, if you have questions or comments, you can, um, you can just type them right in, and as I see them, I'll answer them. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tonight. And let me just give you a quick update, and then we'll, we'll settle right in. Um, this segment of 1 Corinthians actually begins in chapter 8. Hey, y'all, how you doing? This actually begins in chapter 8. And chapter 8, we left with the principle, if eating meat is going to cause my brother to sin, then I won't eat meat meaning that I will defer to the needs of my brother. I will, I will serve my brother before I serve myself. Uh, and then in chapter 9, um, he talks about the rights. And when he talks about the rights, he, 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 what he's doing is he is saying that 
we have rights, but what we should be willing to do is lay down our rights to serve and promote our brothers and our sisters. So we take a, the, the approach of being a servant. We take the approach of being a servant when it comes to the body of Christ. Now you got to remember something, and this is really important. When you and, and sometimes we lose sight on it because we are focusing in so tightly on the principles. Remember who we, the audience that he's addressing. He's addressing some people who, uh, in some instances, are the owners of the house that the church is meeting at. And when you sometimes the owners have come from high places in society. So these are the, some highfalutin folk who are used to being served and not serving. These are some folks who are used to, um, when they're around people of the lower ranks, lording it over them. So, so what you're seeing is uh, he's speaking to people at different levels, and he's reminding them of what he's taught. And remember last week what we showed you? Um, uh, we showed you uh, Jesus as a servant. We took you into um, back up into the upper room, the, the foot washing. We showed you the words of Jesus, and then we went back into Philippians when we ended, and we talked about the fact that 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 um, showed that Jesus was the servant, and being the servant, he became highly exalted and given a name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess to the glory of God. And so what he's preaching now is the principle of servanthood. And so with that, before we go into chapter 10, what I want to do tonight is I want to have a word of prayer, and then I want to dive right into chapter 10. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come. God, we come humbly before you. And we come asking you to lead us and guide us into your word. Teach us, O oh Lord. Teach us, O oh Lord. Teach us, O oh Lord. That's our prayer. Help us to receive your teaching tonight. Help us to receive your word. And not just receive it and store it, but receive it and use it. Show us how to apply it to our life today. We don't want a history lesson. We need something for now. We have to please you. Our desire is to be pleasing in your sight. So show us how to do it. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Remember now, he's, when we when we when we finished chapter nine, we talked about the principles of servanthood and how how he is telling us that we need to be servants of each other. Okay, now he says in ten one, 
For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into, into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. Verse 6, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they, they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord as some of them did, and were killed by snakes, and do not grumble as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples, and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the fulfillment of the ages have come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, in this passage, what we see is, Paul continuing his thought, the thought that he began in chapter 9 concerning service. First of all, he says, God called all of us just like he called and brought Israel out. He delivered every last one of them. He kept his promise. What he's referring to is the Exodus, and you find uh, most of this if, if if you read through Exodus. Um, those of you who have never read through Exodus, go out to my YouTube channel. There's a there's a, a big series on Exodus that I did last year, I think it was, and you can go through Exodus. But what he's doing here, he, he is going through and he is showing them how what they're going through is the same thing that the Israelites went through when they were delivered from the bondage of Pharaoh. He says, look, he says, I want you to know that they were all under the cloud, that they were all baptized into Moses. And what the baptized into Moses, what that basically refers to is that they followed Moses' leading as he as 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 Moses was following the lead of God. And so he says they all they all experienced that. They all experienced being fed uh manna from heaven. They all experienced the miraculous um 
um, quenching of the thirst from the uh, from from that from that rock when water came from the rock. Every last one of them experienced that. But then he goes on to say, he said, but, and this is where, but God wasn't pleased with them. And now what he doesn't say, but what it does say is this, because their hearts were never fully committed to God. And that's what, that's what he said. They never, they, they received from God, but they, they never responded in faith a faith that led them to obedience to God's word. And so what Paul is saying here is, he says, look, your response has to be a response of faith to the word of God. And what is the word of God? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And a new commandment I give unto you. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And and so we get into this word love. And what he and, and what what this word implies is that you will be just as committed to the needs of your neighbor as you are to yourself if you love God. If you love God, and you are committed to his teaching, if you are committed to his commandment, if you are committed to his word, if you don't want to fall in the wilderness, if you don't want to wander and wander and wander until you die in the desert, then you will follow by faith. Now, he's told you some things to do, he said, he said he's, he's telling them some things to do that are difficult for them to comprehend, some of them anyway, because of their station in life, because of the newness of Christ. They are used to lording over people. And now here's Paul saying the way of Christ is to serve the people. You see, you see that's, that's what he's saying here. He says, and... What the Israelites suffered served as an example for you. Let's bring it to today. Let's bring it to today. Because I've been, you know, I've been kind of harping on this concept of elevation that has um, penetrated the church and caused many to believe that um, Elevation means being served and being so gifted that um, people give you recognition because of your giftedness or because of um, your knowledge or because of the things that you've accomplished in life. And so you are elevated above others and others are beneath you, and they should serve you. And Jesus has taught us quite the contrary. He says, and the greatest of these shall be a servant. And he tells us, he, to, he told us in that, in that passage that we went through last week, he said, do you see what I have done for you? Then do it for each other. And what did he do? He had 
stripped out of his clothing, and he had washed their feet, and he had he had put put, put himself in a position that was lower than the host. The host was usually the one that was commanding the servant. As a matter of fact, in Judaism, uh, the lowest possible job that you could have was feet washing. But yet, here is our Lord. Here is our teacher who has who has said, you know what? If you want to be great, do this. Do this and do it for each other. And now Paul in this passage is saying, if you don't do this, if you don't serve each other as the Lord has commanded us to serve each other, you are not walking in faith. You are not walking in concert with him, but instead you walk in the path of the devil. And because of your unbelief, you'll never, you will never receive the promise. Think about that for a second. And think about where we are in our Christian walk today. How many of us are, have, have strived to get to the top simply because we like the fact that that, that People come and serve us and recognize us and think we're popular and call our name and all that kind of good stuff. Do you know what Jesus says about that? I don't like that. And he also says, but verily you have your reward. You got what you got coming right now. Because when you get into the kingdom, when you finally get to the promised land, you're probably going to get counted with the goats. He's going to say to you, depart from me, from me, ye work of iniquity. I don't know you. What do you mean? When I was hungry, you sat up in that pulpit with your legs crossed, looking all cool and everything, and... Wondering, wondering why I was poor rather than trying to feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me nothing to drink. You sat up there with that big old chalice drinking that cold water and looking out the door at me thinking, mm, they belong on the other side. They, they, don't, they shouldn't be touching me because I'm too clean. Yes. And you know what? I'm aiming at the preachers. Yes, I am, because I happen to be one, and you know what? I'm critical of us because we are held to the highest standards, and we should be the example of servanthood, but yet we are more engrossed in driving Bentleys and wearing five and six and seven and eight thousand dollar suits and who got the best gators and all that kind of stuff, and we're not going out there feeding the homeless people. No, no, let that let the people in the homeless ministry do that. You can't leave from behind. I'm sorry. No, you got to be in the forefront of every battle, period, full stop. Anyway, I'm going to stop fussing at preachers for a few minutes. He says, verse 11, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us 
When we don't obey the teachings of Christ, when we don't obey the commandments of the Lord, we've already been warned what's going to happen. He says, and you know what? You know, we can quote that passage, there's no temptation that is overtaking you, but such as common to man and God with this temptation will provide a way of escape. The way of escape for any trial, any tribulation, any temptation that you're going through, put a comma there and put and hold on, because most people think that that temptation merely has to do with being tempted to do something wrong specifically, looking at some woman or looking at some man or lusting after this or lusting after that. No, that ain't all. That's not all. No, no, no. Anything that God commands us to do, the devil will tempt us not to do it. Anything that God tells us to do We will always be tested to see if we will respond in faith or respond in fear or feed our flesh. The way out of anything, of any situation, is to obey the word of the Lord, to follow hard after the God spirit. That's the way out of temptation. Ask yourself the question, now what did the Lord say do? What is my mission? What am I supposed to be doing? Ask yourself that. And then do what the Lord says do. That's your way of escape. All of you know, you sitting up there and I, I, I'm mess with I'm mess with some folks tonight. Let me, can I mess with y'all tonight? I'm gonna do it anyway. Look, you sitting up there, and you've been sent to witness to the people on your job, and your witness is your life, how you live and how you walk before men. You don't always have to preach; you gotta live it. And all of a sudden, some group recognizes that there's something different about you and that you have influence. And so they want to put you up in the forefront, and they want, they want to use you or they want you to get in a position where you've got to go in and you've got to argue with different people. And you've got to represent them and blah, 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 blah. And you're going to get a name and people are going to be coming to you. And, and that's going to advance the call, their cause. And the temptation when you get, as they say, when you can get some power and when you can get some authority and when you can get some recognition is to latch on with both hands and do it. But that's, that's a temptation right there. But is that what God called you to that job to do? Or did God call you to that job to be humble, to live your life upright before him, and and to show those people him in his word? 
Is that what God called him called you to do? Then you better do what he said do and say, No, that's not for me. Uh I appreciate the respect, I appreciate, you know, y'all recognizing that, but I'm here on a different mission. I'm here to serve you in another way. Period. Hey. When you obey what God has told you to do, then you enter into his promise. But when you do when you serve your own flesh, or when you say no to God, you're walking in the desert, take another lap, take another lap. And there are too many of us right now who are still walking in circles in the desert, and we're going to drop. Yes, we are. Eventually, you're going to drop. You're going to run out of time. You ain't in the promised land being unfaithful. No, it don't happen. You'll drop. You will drop in that desert. Verse 14. Therefore, therefore, my friends, flee from idolatry. Now, what are we talking about? Go back. He says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to men, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Now, how does that all fit in? Hold on. Remember, remember we, these, 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 these chapters began, we started over in chapter 8, where they wanted to go back to their old way of living. They wanted to go back to the pagan feast. They wanted to participate in those feasts. And, and and Paul is telling them, no, no, because you can't, you know, stuff that's dedicated to idol is dedicated to idol, and you don't want to be caught up in all of that stuff. So now he's saying, flee from idolatry. What, what, wait a minute. Let me, let, let's talk about idolatry. What is idolatry? Idolatry is hiring yourself out to serve something that is not God. That's idolatry. That, 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 that word basically says you're a hired servant. You're a hired servant who serves something that is not God. Think about that for a second. Let's think. Let come on. Let's play with that for a minute. Let's play with it just for a second. You hire yourself out to bow down to something that's never gonna pay you. You ain't getting paid. They can't give you eternal life, but not only that, they can't give you nothing on this side. Why? Because it's just a piece of wood. Ooh. Let me look at it. Oh, I'm running out of time. By the way, I took five minutes at the beginning of this program to give you all of that all of that information. So I'm finna do Maxine Waters. I'm redeeming my time. I'm taking extra five tonight. Okay, let, let's finish this. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Don't go serving worthless stuff. Don't hire yourself out to that. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break 
a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? Do I mean that then that a sacrifice offered to an idol is anything or that an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Now, remember what Jesus says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will love the one and hate the other, or hate the one and love the other. That's the principle that Paul is 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 espousing here. But even further than that, even even further than that, he one of the things that he he talks about is being double-minded. And what is what does the word say? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. In the church of God today, we are required to be singular in heart to give God our whole heart. We can't, you know, we keep sticking our toe in the water and pulling it out. We can't do that. Either we are going to be committed to Christ and eat at the table of the Lord. Because he has, there's, there's, there's another principle in here, and he says, he says, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ. That's the first thing you got to see. So we have already participated as we commune with God. And now he's referring to the Lord's Supper, by the way. As we commune with God, we recommit ourselves to what he has done for us. We remember, we reconnect, we connect with each other, and and see, some of this teaching we'll, we'll go through in chapter 11, but and it, this is just a precursor to chapter 11, by the way. He says, but when we sit there, we're sitting wholly committed to the Lord, and then what you want to do is you want to turn around and you want to go eat with devils? Either you're with the Lord or you're not. And, and nothing can be any plainer than that. Either we are going to be all the way committed to him or we're with the devil. And if you're not going to obey what he says and do what he says, you're with the devil. And that's, that's, that's why these people getting getting mad at him, because he's laying down the law. He's saying, look, Jesus didn't partially die for you. He went all the way. Now, I know that that, that old lifestyle that you were used to, that you understood where you were getting the recognition, where where you was getting put up on a pedestal, was beautiful for you. But we are ushering in a new age. This is the kingdom age. And in the kingdom, we do things differently. That That's all wrapped up in here. That's 
everything that's there. Let me finish because I want to finish this chapter tonight. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. I'm at verse 23. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Here's the key that you need to walk away with, and we've been pounding this now for three chapters. Verse 24. Nobody should seek his own good but the good of others. That's it right there in a nutshell. Nobody should seek his own good but the good of others. If you're looking to do, do for somebody else. If you're looking to be used by God, bless somebody else. If you're looking for elevation, serve somebody. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about and start turning your heart to your neighbor. Eat anything sold, verse 25, eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If some unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if anyone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, both for the sake of the man who told you and for conscience' sake. The other man's conscience, I mean, not yours. For why should my freedom be judged by another's conscience, you ask? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? These are questions that are being asked now. These are questions that he's asking. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. There's his answer. When you make your decision, when you make your decision concerning anything that you're going to do, you must ask yourself the question. And the, the question that you ask is, will this glorify God? Will this bring about a manifestation of God's presence in my action? Put it simpler, will God be seen in the action that I do? Is this a godly action? See, that's what it means to bring to give glory to God. You give glory to God by showing forth what He would do in that situation. And how are you going to know what He would do? Because you've been in your word and you know God's character and God's spirit resides in you and God will lead you by his spirit and his word to do what he would do. Mm-hmm. It's right there. It is right there. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all that God will be manifested, his presence, his actions through you will be manifested. You will show forth God in your life. Not you, not your flesh, not what you think, but what God does. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everybody in every way. 
For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. That's chapter 10. Whatever you do, do it to glorify God. Your service to your neighbor, the decisions that you have to make, whether you cut that strip in between your house and their house, or whether you leave it for them because it's on their property line, what would God do? Giving that person that last piece of gum, and you know you want that gum because your breath oh, is kicking and all you got is that, that, that Listerine strip in there, and you don't like that Listerine strip, you would rather have that gum, but you're standing there with it. What would God do? Be practical. Practical application. Everybody looking to do something when they're in the church and the spirit is high and, and you know, then you feel lit. No. That person, that, that, that young lady that you see struggling with them three kids walking down the street or standing in the line uh, counting her pennies so she can get three Happy Meals and, she, and she know, you know that she don't have enough money for herself. You know that. And yet you sitting up there and you getting ready to buy two, two of them Big Macs. And you know you're only supposed to eat one, and you're not even supposed to eat that one. What would God do? And you sitting up there been saying all week, I got to lose some weight, I got to lose some weight. Lose some weight then by saying, you know what, I want to bless you today. Order up, order what you want. And order them kids what they want, too. I got this. Be a blessing. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about other people. Serving, showing up as God would show up. That's right. Testifying of his goodness by the actions that you do. I know I've, I've redeemed some time in then, so that's what this lesson's all about tonight. Let's have a word of prayer. And even as we pray, now remember, um, 929-477-2304, you can call me on Blog Talk Radio, or as we pray, put your, put your questions up on the screen, and I'll answer them as soon as we finish praying. Eternal God, our Father, thank you. Thank you tonight for showing us how we can give you glory. We can give you glory, first of all, by being faithful and obedient to your word. And your word is serve one another. Put the other guy first. We can give you glory, O oh God, by, by just doing little stuff, smiling when we don't want to smile, stooping when we want to stand, mopping when we want to just call the janitor and let the janitor do it. Taking the low place instead of always running to the front and, 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 and dogging people and running over folk. God, we bless you and we praise you. That as Christians we know that if we suffer with you, we'll reign with you. And that there's some sweetness in suffering. God, there's, there's something blessed about serving. 
from that father that just as Jesus humbled himself and is highly exalted, that as we serve you, though others might look at us and look down on us, you look at us and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And so we bless you, and we praise you for teaching us that. Now, God, allow your spirit to lead us into service. Allow your spirit to lead us to serve our brothers and our sisters. Allow your spirit to lead us that you might be manifested and glorified in our lives. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. What did you say? Okay, what did we say was the baptism of Moses? The baptism of Moses, when he's using that metaphor, is he is saying that you were baptized or you were brought into the vision, you were brought in under the leadership of Moses. And when you are baptized into something, what you do, what you do is you begin to take on the mission and the character of the person whose name you are baptized in. So what the, what he was basically using is this metaphor to show that they all followed Moses as Moses followed God. But that's what the baptism of Moses is. That they, that Moses was leading them as as um as uh, 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 um, God led Moses, and just a just a just a sneak peek. If you look at verse eleven, verse one, he's going to tie that you were all baptized into Moses with the first verse. He says, "Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ." Just like the Israelites followed Moses as he followed God, now he's saying, "You follow me." I follow Christ. Amen? Any other questions? Any other questions? Okay. <clears throat> one one important announcement. There will be no class next Wednesday night. Uh, I will be out of town, or I think either out of town or just getting back into town, one or the other. Um, I'm going to be a plus one. I'm going to show y'all how to be a kept man, so I'm because I'm going on, I'm going with my wife, and so uh, I'm going to take next Wednesday off, and this will be the first. Wow, I think I this will be the first Wednesday we've had off in a while, so we'll do. So we'll pick up at chapter eleven week after next. We'll pick up at chapter eleven week after next. Um, I would encourage you to read chapter eleven. Read chapter 11. Chapter 11 will probably take us two weeks to do simply because now we're dealing with worship and specifically we are dealing, we'll be dealing with the Lord's Supper. And those are two, worship and the Lord's Supper specifically is one that I really, really want to teach, spend some time with because we are doing such a lousy job with that one. We're doing such a lousy job with our communions, um, and I don't want to get into it tonight because I can start teaching all over again, and I don't want to do that because I'm I'm out of time. 
So and and even, even, I'm even running out of time with blog talk. So I tell you what, we'll jump back in a week after next. Everybody, every, <laughs> yes, it is good to be kept it. Um, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful evening, and go serve somebody. Bless you. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.